Blog Talk Radio. On tonight's episode of Confession, Session. We will discuss why some African Americans value luxury brands, why Beyonce wanted L.A. Reid to focus on Rihanna, and R. Kelly's new arrest for child pornography. What's good, you guys? It's your host, Angel Bandrina. And I'm your host, John Othello, and you are listening to the one and the only Confession How are you doing? I've seen a beautiful photo of you and your mom yesterday. And I was like, who is this Who is this little-ass girl that Jen is with? And I was like, oh, is this Jen's mom? Like, oh, 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 what's she out here doing? Looking all fabulous. Okay, she looks so good. So is she there? Is she there looking all beautiful? Yeah, so my mom, she came to town because uh, her birthday was on the 7th. So um, she oh, came out goodness. like the weekend, that weekend after, um, to hang out with me or whatever. And, yeah, we just been kicking it. Yesterday she wanted to go to the club, so we went to um, okay. this club called Solis. And then um, today we went to a drag brunch. Uh, we actually about to grill shortly. Um, okay. And yeah, and then after that, I mean, just kind of chill, just explore, you know, go eat. That's beautiful. You know. But we having a great time, yeah. She loving it. So I'm trying to convince her just just stay, just go ahead and stay. Don't even don't even leave. Aww. You know? Yeah. Oh, she's How like, yeah, Jen, I can't do that. I'm sorry. My weekend was <laughs> really really good. <laughs> um, I my mom she took my kids a couple of days ago. Um, well, a few days ago to Minnesota, and since she's taken them to Minnesota, my husband and I we've just been really hanging out, having a good time yesterday. Um, well, Friday night, was it Friday night? I think Friday night we just hung out. Um, and then Saturday night my husband took me, I don't know, it was kind of like a damn club. I was not feeling it at all. You know I don't like a whole lot of people. So um, it was just so crowded. It was like people everywhere, and it was just horrible. And I was just, like, really irritated. And so, but we did stay there for about 10 or 15 minutes, and – the waitress, she just kept going to everybody, getting them, uh, everybody but us, you know, uh, getting people drinks and stuff. And so after about that time, you know, the drinks were like twenty dollars for one drink. You know, hell, we was gonna turn up in that bitch. But after them not, you know, coming to us for like fifteen minutes and going to everybody around and on side of us, I was just like, we can go, we can go somewhere else. So, um, we went somewhere where, else. Where oh, I think we went. I forget where it was called, but it was like a place downtown on Chicago Street. It was the atmosphere, like the well, you know, it was really beautiful. You know, you go up there and it's like fireplaces and lots of couches and stuff like that for people to sit down and eat and be cute and stuff like that. But it was just so crowded. And then the place they didn't have, like the lady, she just would not, you know, what I'm saying, like she just did not come over and serve us once. Actually, can we get drinks started? Nothing. Like so, it just bothered me a little bit. Especially because it was so expensive, you know what I'm saying. So we left and we went some, we bought some food and then we went home and enjoyed our night. And then uh, Sunday, yesterday, or no, no, that was oh, that was Friday when that happened. Saturday, yesterday, we went to um, we went to the casino, Potawatomi, and uh-huh. um, why did I put two dollars in the machine and won sixty bucks? Okay, I was like, what? All right. 
So that was exciting. <laughs> I know. I was happy. And then today we just kind of cleaned up the house, clothes, chilling, relaxing. We did go out and do a couple things. Went out to eat again. And I just had a really good time. And my kids will be back home tomorrow. So they're actually an hour away from home now. So everything overall was a really beautiful weekend, lots of fun. But anyways, guys, um, we're going to go ahead and get into these topics because we know that Jean is going to get ready and start grilling now, hanging out with his mama, okay? So don't forget to check us out on Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, Anchor, and of course, this podcast from Blog Talk. Send us those confessions at confessions number to us at gmail.com. And don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe. Um, and tag us in that drama, will you? Jean, why don't you go ahead and hit them with that confession question of the day after the sparkle? Confession question. Confession question. How do you feel about family moving in with you? Are there any cases where family cannot move in whatsoever? Again, how do you feel about family moving in with you? And are there any cases where family cannot move in with you whatsoever? Let's get into those confessionals. The angel of Andrina. All right, y'all. Okay, so according to TMZ.com, if Diddy really wants to bring back his hit reality show, for MTV's Day 26, they want to know, or for MTV, Day 26 wants to know, are we in this together? We got four of the five members of R&B group that formed at the end of making the band, four. And along with getting geared up for a tour this fall, Willie Taylor tells us um, the fellas would love to be involved in Diddy's revival of the classic competition show. Willie says he can't speak for the others in the group that formed the show, like Old Town, the band, Daddy K, and Donnie Clan, but Day 26 is still making moves and can serve as excellent mentors for new talent competitions um, and then talent competing to make the band. He says fans would also love to see what the group's been up over the past, up to over the past decade. And Quinell Mosley goes a step further, telling us fans will be disappointed if they're deprived of some Day 26 action. Diddy made a surprise announcement about it possible making the band reboot Monday, but expressed reservations about it and called on the public to let him know if they really want him to bring it back. He says MTV's on board and like the lyrics of their first hit record, Got Me Going, the Day 26 guys seem to be seeing and dreaming of the old days too. Jen, are you excited to see Day 26 come back? Or what are your thoughts no. about all of this? No, um, I think no. they were to reboot. They, I'm not day 26, but if they were to reboot making the band, I think that it should be like following. I mean, I don't really care about day 26. I think that would be interesting, but definitely if they were to just be following Danny Kane, I think it should just be more like them coming back up under the br- br- umbrella of like Diddy's management and like promoting them more because they, in my opinion, Danny Kane was like. You know, they didn't get there, the right kind of promotion. Um, the music was really good. They're still pulling out music right now. And I listened to it. I actually, I was listening to um, Aubrey and Shannon Beck, they, who are like two of the group members, because it's only three now. It's uh, Aubrey, Shannon, and Don Richard. Don Richard, like, does her own music, which is good. And she's very talented, like, so underrated. I mean, then Dawn and, I mean, I'm sorry, um, Aubrey and Shannon, they have a group called Dumb Blind. And their music is really good, too. But Danny D. Kane, them three, they call themselves DK3. They still perform together and um, release music, which is good. So I think if he was to just come back with them 
and focus on, you know, restarting what was, you know, what they kind of like just left without finishing, you know, no understanding, I think that would be dope. Like, I would love to see them, mm-hmm. like, go on tour and have, like, the whole back end of a label. Um, I think it would be really cool. But as far as, like, a whole new competition show, I don't know. I don't know if I'm here for it. I don't know if I really care, to be honest with you. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, do you, sing, sing, can you sing a popular song, a brief popular song from Day 26, please? No. I can't. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, I, I'm thinking to myself, I don't really know what day 26, I, I don't even remember, I think, hearing about them until literally just now. Danny D. Kane, obviously, I knew who they were. Um, but, yeah, I'm not 100% sure I know who day 26 is or even what the hell they were, you know, thinking about or rapping about or, you know, what was going on. But Danny D. Kane, definitely, I love their music, you know, listen to it still. Um and as far as like you said, making the whole show, yeah, listen, uh, listen, uh, seeing a whole show about this, and you know, making a band and they're coming out. I, I don't think that they get a lot of uh, views on it, and so I don't think that you know a lot of time should be wasted on you know P Diddy going out doing all of this if a lot of people they won't even watch the show. It just seems like a waste of time, right? You know, having like a whole so, nation watch We've seen that so many times. Like, we've just seen it with, um, not mm-hmm. just Fifth Harmony, but what's the group, June's Diary. Um, and it's just like they do this whole thing, this nationwide cast and call, and, you know, they find the best of the best. They end up coming out with two singles, and then that's it. They drop them like a bad habit, mm-hmm. literally, for television. I think that they should have mm-hmm. a group that's already was popping, you know what I'm saying, already mm-hmm. they would have had the right promoter if they had the right team behind them would still be doing great in touring. I think they should just focus on that. Yeah. Like, I feel like they give up on Danny D. Kane too soon. Like you said, we both still listen to their music. They're still putting out good music. They're still talented artists. Like, focus on them. I don't know about Day 26. I, I can care less. You know, they they are interested. <laughs> to me, I just don't feel like they are, besides Willie Taylor, like, to me, they all look pretty out of shape and, you know, and <laughs> just that time is behind them. You know, so you right. You are right. Over ten years ago, that's when apparently they were popping, and I still don't know who the hell they are. So I mean, not to say that I'm somebody, I just don't know who they are, and they're supposed to be somebody. So (laughs) that means, (laughs) with that being said, you guys are gonna go ahead and move on to our next topic of the evening. All right, y'all. This is according to BT.com. Beyonce saw something special in Rihanna from the start. In an excerpt from his upcoming memoir, Think Me, My Story of Making Music, Finding Magic and Searching for Who's Next, L.A. Reid writes about his first meeting with Rihanna and a tidbit on B's influence. Rihanna was introduced to Reid in 2005, but as the chairman of Island Dev Jam at the time, he thought label mate Pierre Marie would be bigger among the two. I first laid eyes on her in the hallway, he wrote of Riri. I didn't know she was a singer or anything, just a pretty girl standing outside somebody's office. Then Jay-Z burst into my office. You have to see this girl, he said. We went back to his office, and he introduced me. Reed continues, she was startlingly uh, beautiful 17-year-old from Barbados. She opened her audition with the Beyonce song singing, but the whole time appeared to me with these laser eyes. I saw her determination, her commitment. I saw someone who was going to be a big star someday. My head was spinning. She sang another song upon the replay that would become her first hit. 
After she was done, I looked at Jay-Z. Don't let her leave the building, I said. Rihanna got signed and started uh, work on her debut album with Jay-Z, who, who was Def Jam's president, steering the way. Marie landed her deal around the time. Um, as Reed recalls it, she received more attention from the label. His position changed after a new artist showcase that Beyonce attended with Jay-Z, Neo, Rihanna, Marie, and Black Butterfly, um, who is, you know, loving uh, hip-hop Amina Butterfly's group when our twin sisters performed. At the label, we thought Tia Marie would be the big star, we'd admit. We spent more time on her, did more work on her, paid more attention to her. Rihanna already had a hit with Ponder Replay, but we still thought it was the other girls. A bell went off for me, however, uh, when after the showcase, Beyonce came up to me, that Rihanna girl, she said, she's a beast. It's a good thing he listened to Queen B. Rihanna became a megastar and has sold more than 200 million records worldwide. That's crazy, huh? That is real crazy. Um, I think that that's good. Beyonce, she obviously knows talent when she sees it. You know, she don't just have a bunch of people in her damn circle, you know, so... For her to look at Jay Z and be like, "Look, look here! Don't you dare let her leave the building before you know we we figure out what's good." You know what I'm saying? So that that's what's up. You know, so she wasn't playing, and I'm glad she wasn't playing. She seen that money making opportunity. She went for it, and look at him now. You know, look at him now. Like it's pretty amazing. Rihanna's still doing. She's popping still. Everybody knows who Rihanna is. She's still out here making money. I think she's married to or engaged to a billionaire. She's in there. You know, she really, over these years, made a life for herself. And honestly, every song, honestly, I cannot name one song that Rihanna has made where I personally was like, eh, next song. You know, I can't think of one song that she's made that I just didn't like. And I was just like, this song is kind of whack. And I don't like this shit. You know, and all her songs that she's made, whether it was, you know, right, like, you know, music here or Jamaica music, whatever, it was always hopping, you know, so she's amazing, and I'm glad that Beyonce said that, and that even though, you know, Beyonce's a star and she's a woman, she also focused on another woman and not just herself, you know what I'm saying, because she's going to be like, yeah, that bitch popping, but whatever, I'm Beyonce, you know what I'm saying, she's like, oh, yeah, she's popping and I want to make this money, go get her, and I love that. I love that. That's how you, that's how you keep the money flowing. And she's seen that she was black. That's how you keep the money flowing in the black community. Okay, okay. <laughs> what do you think, Jim? <laughs> no, I I agree. I think that it was super dope of Beyonce to see um, Rihanna's star power and how big of a deal she was going to be in the music industry. I have to admit, originally I didn't I didn't see that for Rihanna. I uh, you know I. Never listened to Music of the Sun. I just knew upon the replay. And then um, she would just have, like, these little songs that I was just like, okay, this is catchy. And then I would never listen to the mm-hmm. album. And then when she got to Good Girl Gone Bad, that was, like, the first body of work mm-hmm. where I was just like, I think Good Girl Gone Bad was her third album. I think that was, like, the first body of work where I was just like, okay, she's a force to reckon with. She had Umbrella, like, her whole um, – Mm-hmm. Her whole demeanor mm-hmm. changed. Like she just seemed like she was very aware of what she was trying to do to become a pop star. Um, and she just hasn't been looking back ever since. Like she, like you said, her music is incredible. Um, she has an amazing body of work. She continues to put out hit album after hit album. That I, like Jenny Kane, I still mm-hmm. listen to her music. 
Like, it's just some days I'm yeah. like, let me just help me out a day. And I will sit and just play all Right. I'll be like, when day. is she going to bring something new out? I want right. to hear something new. I want to hear the voice. It's, 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 pissing, it's pissing me off. Uh, it's been three years since we got a new album. <laughs> since I moved, I mean, when mm-hmm. we moved to this house, that was when, with the house I live in now, that's when Anti First came out. We have been living in this house three years. She still ain't came out of the album. And it don't look like it's coming anytime soon because they said she's too I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just like, that's from time to time. We get it. Like, you out here getting to the bag, but this is why we love you. We love you for the music, honey. Mm-hmm. And Beyonce does. Mm-hmm. But I think that is really mm-hmm. cool, like you said, that, you know, after all these years, they don't dislike each other. Like, it, 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 it has always been love. And it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be shown publicly. You know, it doesn't need to be, like, on some list be besties, but it's just, like, you know what I'm saying? The fact that she originally had L.A.B. pay attention to her, I think it's really cool. So, yeah, yeah. Black yeah, I agree. Women. That's what it's about. And honestly, in my opinion, whenever I listen to a song and a woman gives me goosebumps, like, or a man gives me goosebumps while I'm listening to them, I know that they the shit. And there's a few songs that she has made, more than a few, where she'll be singing, and I can either tear up because I'm listening to the song, or I would completely give goosebumps all over my arms, like, oh, my God, this song is so powerful. You know, so, yeah, I love it. I'm, I just can't wait. And when she do come out with another album, oh, it's going to be massive. So, anyways, guys, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next topic. All right, y'all, finally, finally, woo, woo, woo. According to TMZ.com, R. Kelly has been arrested again, but it don't look like he's coming out anytime soon. Thursday night for multiple sex crimes in two different states, he was arrested. R. Kelly was arrested that Thursday in Chicago on charges contained um, in a 13-count indictment returned in the Northern District of Illinois. The U.S. Attorney Office of the Northern District says that the indictment include child um, charges of child porn, enticement of a minor, and obstruction of justice. He was arrested in Chicago while walking his dog. Various law enforcement officials uh, assisted in the arrest, including Homeland Security and Chicago police. But that's not all. There's a second federal indictment out in Brooklyn where R. Kelly is reportedly charged with various crimes, including sex trafficking, the indictment is expected to be unveiled. It was uh, unveiled on Friday. Um, I believe so, but I haven't seen anything that we uh, in pertaining to this. Um, the singer will be arraigned in Illinois and then taken to New York, where he will face a judge in the case. R. Kelly was in court in Chicago in June on new state charges, where he pled not guilty to 11 felonies related to sexual assault and various abuse in Illinois. The Cook County State's Attorney's Office charged him with five counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse, four counts of aggravated criminal sexual assault, and two counts of criminal sexual assault. In those legal documents, Kelly is accused of forcing contact between his penis and the alleged victim's mouth and committing an act of sexual penetration on a victim listed only as JP. The alleged indictment occurred in January 2010, when the victim was under the age of 18 years old. As of 7.16 a.m. Um, on Saturday, TMZ um, obtained the five-court federal indictment. 
out the Eastern District of New York, and they included racketeering and several violations of Man Act and alleged uh, allegations of forced labor. According to the indictment, Kelly and others estranged in a scheme to coerce minors to participate in sexual explicit, uh, explicit acts on camera. The feds say that the purpose of the scheme was to promote R. Kelly's music video and the R. Kelly brand and to recruit women and girls to engage in illegal sexual activities with R. Kelly. In the documents, federal prosecutions say R. Kelly and his crew traveled throughout the United States and aboard to recruit these women and girls. The new federal indictment seems to validate claims of parents who say their children were essentially held hostage. The indictment says that women and girls were not permitted to leave their room without receiving permission from R. Kelly, including to eat or go to the bathroom. They were also prohibited from looking at men to, to keep their heads down and to call R. Kelly daddy. The feds also say that R. Kelly made threats of forced physical restraint, physically restrained the women, and um, forced them to do different services and labor. And at least one of the cases, he allegedly took a minor to California and committed rape, abduction, parental abuse of a child and seduction. And Kelly also allegedly exposed at least one minor victim to um, a venereal disease. Violations of Man Act, which prohibits the transportation of anyone across state um, lines for illicit sexual purposes, constitute four of the five counts against R. Kelly. And as of 9-10 yesterday, federal prosecutors in Brooklyn wants to make sure that R. Kelly remains behind bars until trial. In a letter to the federal judge, they say Kelly is a significant flight risk in his decade-long criminal history, make it clear he's a danger to the community. They also fear he will obstruct justice and threaten and intimidate potential witnesses. R. Kelly's uh, scheduled to have a bail hearing this week, uh, this upcoming week. Woo! That was a lot of things, you guys, but that is Great. I'm glad that he hopefully will not be getting out of jail because he is a hot mess. How do you think that the life is okay? You just out there walking your goddamn dog when you done done all this shit. Like, you should have been in the house, locked up in a cage, in a room, in the basement. Like, what are you doing? Having a good-ass time and shit, walking the dog. Boy. <laughs> because I'm happy, man, if you feel like a little man on the roof. Because I'm <laughs> No, but seriously, <laughs> I'm out fucking time. I not don't fuck with R. Kelly. Like he is dead to me. Like I just cannot support. It's disgusting, immoral, pedophilic, just yeah, horrible human being ways. You know, and I'm glad finally mm-hmm. he is getting done to him what he deserves. He also needs to be castrated. You know, on top mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Up under the jail, and you yeah. know, I don't give a damn about what people say. You know, all he's been through and the great body of work he he's put out. No, fuck R. Kelly. You know, what I'm saying it's about mm-hmm. time. He's sitting in jail right now, just dying and crying, acting like nothing happened. <laughs> when it's still, <laughs> he, he's with underage girls up until he got caught walking his dog outside of Trump, Chicago. And then the girls were thrown out of Trump, Chicago, which is crazy. You, uh, whew, like, thank God. Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. Finally, he mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. what he deserved. But that's it. And that's I really don't understand why people, they feel like, 
you know, you do something all because you're rich, you got money, that this shit ain't going to come out. I even feel the same way about Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like, all these motherfuckers that did some shit. Like, you really think that you're going to do all of this horrific shit to all of these different people, and this shit is just not going to come out into the public? Like, you think that all because you've been rich for all of this time, you got in the way for all of this time, that what you're doing in the dark ain't going to come out in the light? That's crazy. You're right. I'm glad it did come out. And I'm glad that he's going to jail. He probably in jail looking ugly as a bitch right now, crying like he was crying on TV. How was it like, bro, it was you. It was you. It was you. And you still look ugly, okay? You talk about jail? Where jail was like Robert? Yes, yes, yes. Straight crying, yes. (laughs) Straight looking ugly, a hot-ass mess. You (laughs) got fucking a nigga with authority. She was like, nigga, sit down. Oh my goodness! I'm, All I'm right, well, with that being said, y'all, we both, everybody's sick of it, and we're all glad that <laughs> justice is going to be served. Okay, with that being said, you all are gonna go ahead and move on to our final topic of the evening. All right, y'all. Last topic, and this is according to BallerAlert.com. Dapper Dan paid a visit to Power 105 The Breakfast Club on Thursday and talked about his fashion legacy in Harlem, the Gucci boycott, and the lack of black-owned fashion luxury brands. The 74-year-old designer discussed his fashion influence in hip-hop culture and beyond, and why he partnered with Gucci. Then explained that Gucci did for him what other fashion brands wouldn't do. Gucci comes and they says everybody's paying homage to Dapper Dan, but nobody's paying him. We're going to change that. We're going to allow you to do what you've always done in Harlem, and we're going to do a partnership. And you get a percentage of that globally, he shared. I could never get that. That's my foothold. Dan's close relationship with Gucci put him in a quite an awkward position with, when the fashion brand came under fire earlier this year for their blackface sweater. as well like T.I. and Spike Lee led a boycott on the retailer. But Dan feels that black consumers is gain uh, nothing from speaking out against the company. Don't tell me there's any organization in the world that don't have a number of people who are racist because we don't hear them say it. That don't mean it ain't happening, he said. So forget that part. Let's look at what can get out, what we can get out of this. This will be the first boycott black people have ever had in America that we get zero results. That is too damn stupid. You walk away because you're insulted and you end up with zero. You can't be no hero like that. On the subject of black consumers, Placing more value on white on brands, Dan said, that's an individual choice. But I'm not going after what we buy. I'm not going to argue with black people in Harlem or anywhere in the U.S. about whether you want to buy luxury. No. Our culture is so powerful. And selling around the world, I want to get to where they're selling it at. He continued, we are the influencers, and our ability to influence goes around the world. I'm not just concentrating on just getting this black money here. Why I can't get that global money if I had that global culture? Dan was asked if he could have used his influence to transform Sean John, Fat Farm, and other black-owned fashion brand companies uh, into internationally dominated brands. He knows that he's always thinking global, but pointed out that he didn't have the capital. If we, black people, had a sustainable economy that could support a luxury brand, I wouldn't have to be here. Ooh, what do you think about that, Mr. Angel Montrina? I think that I think that it's interesting that that's how he feels. Um, he's talking from his own perspective. You know, yeah, 
because he's a he's an old man. You know what I'm saying? He is stating like you know these other luxury brands they ain't offering me what Gucci is offering me. You know, but when blackface came about, he's like, why would I leave? You know, there's money that's already coming to me when you know what I'm saying I and come out with nothing. And I do understand. I understand, you know, but people are telling you to support, you know what I'm saying? But once again, you know what I'm saying? He has to think about his family. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Gucci, they, they did this blackface thing, but I'm already getting that money from them. So why should I, you know, do this and that, that and other? I mean, yeah, I'm going to still speak out about it. If, but I don't think he did. He just probably kept quiet. and was just like, I'm going to still get this check. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just feel like, you know, as far as black people and luxury items, I feel like um, black a lot of black people, they value and they want luxury items um, because I feel like, and I don't even 100% agree with what he's saying, but I just feel like a lot of people, they haven't had it before in their life, and they see a whole lot of other people getting it, and they're like, oh, this is what I want, shit, I want that. You don't even have to be luxury like that. It can even be the new Jordans that's coming out. You know what I'm saying? People are like, damn, these new Jordans coming out? Shit, old boy got them. I'm going to cop them. You know what I'm saying? They just want it because they copycats. They want what everybody else got. You know what I'm saying? It's not about wanting it because it's luxury all the time. It's about wanting it because they want to be like everybody else. You know, the Pradas, the Chanel's, all of this shit. If the shit was $2, how many people would want it? They want it because it's also expensive because so they can stun on people, in my opinion. That's why a lot of people, they want luxury brands. It's not because it's all, you know, it looks good. Some people, they want it because they work hard for it. You know what I'm saying? Some people, they want it because, shit, they got a, a credit card with a $25,000 limit on it, and they want to spend some money and spend on bitches. That's it. What are your thoughts? <laughs> not spend on these hoes. Um, but I feel conflicted. Like, I, I definitely agree with what he's saying, but I definitely disagree with what he's saying. Like, I do feel like that there can be a space for – um, a black-owned luxury brand to focus on the black community and be at a price point that, you know, um, that is more, like, attainable. You know what I'm saying? Maybe not a $6,000 code. Uh, maybe not a $6,000 code, but maybe like a $1,000 code or something like that. Like, I definitely believe that there is a space to have a luxury. Maybe starting off. Yeah, Maybe starting black, off, and you have to get a whole own. lot of people to be online, stunting that shit, wearing that shit, wanting to get it, you know what I'm saying, putting it on, being like, oh, yeah, this is the hottest thing since shoestrings. You have to get a whole lot of people to even, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. get that shit. And honestly, I feel like maybe if the brand started off a little bit cheaper, if they had $1,000 coats, but they also had six and $500 coats, and people, they were able to afford that, and that shit came out right around tax time, you know what I'm saying, then they may be yeah. in there like four square. But then at the same you know, time, it's just like I get what he's saying. It's just like why do I need to dim my light if there's people out here buying it? Why can't you not respect me mm-hmm. as a black man selling a coat for six thousand dollars when it is people out here doing the same thing and y'all not sitting and complaining about it? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not if it's not meant for you, it's not meant for you. You know if you can't afford mm-hmm. it, I hope there's somebody out here that's clearly buying it because it's him, Gucci, and. Dapper Dan are doing very well, you know, their partnership. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with what you're saying, that it's racist people in every corporate space, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But you have to make it to where I feel like you have to make it to where it, it, 
you are doing it for a reason. And that's why I think he, I think that he's in there so he can learn and build his brand and, you know, sooner or later do his own thing. And it's no longer Gucci and Dapper Dan. It's, you know, Dapper Dan, or it's a whole other line that Dapper Dan has created by himself. You know what I'm saying? But I just think, mm-hmm. damn, time, I just feel like black people just sometimes they, they can be so annoying. It's like, what do, what do you want? Damn if I, if I do, damn if I don't. <laughs> like, you want him to be in the room to sell high-end luxury clothing, but you complain it's too expensive. And then you want him to stop what he's doing with Gucci because of this mix-up. I'm sure Gucci has felt it. They had, and like you said, it got it got good results. they just like, well, motherfucker, don't buy it. We not kidding. Not yeah. The majority of people that was, that was complaining about has not ever even bought Gucci ever. Period. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like like when we yeah. talk about it, like I was just like shit. I ain't buy I ain't never bought Gucci and I will never buy Gucci. Like that that is above me. I don't give a damn. You know what I'm saying? So let him do what he do. Like you said, he's been up. He's been around forever. He's just trying to leave his legacy, make his mark. You know, and, and mm-hmm. create a sustainable fashion house. You know that isn't here today, going tomorrow. Because I think a lot of times with yeah. our culture, we we are lit and, and we do we make everything hot. But just like how we can make something hot, we can make it cold. You know what I'm saying? Like people mm-hmm. feel like like mm-hmm. with Michael Kors, if they feel like it is, if they feel like anybody can get it, you know what I'm saying? Even though that's not totally the case, Michael Kors do have some five, six hundred dollar purses. But if they see somebody walking around with one that they got from Marshall, they like it doesn't have the same sort of appeal. If they were selling you Gucci, damn right, people people would not be buying Gucci and Fendi and Prada. You know what I'm saying? Or right. looking at it like that. Yeah. You can get red bottom at you know what I'm saying. Um, what's the store Ross? Child, no, nobody's buying no red bottom. Oh, Ross. Yeah, same with Louis V. You know what I'm saying? Damn right, because I love Louis V and I love Versace. So, you know what I'm saying? If I went in the store and I seen a Louis V person, Ross, you damn right, I'd sell both my goddamn bags, get this quick couple thousand dollars, and shit, wouldn't even think twice about it trying to find me a new luxury brand because, honestly, nobody's going to sit up here and try and buy, you know, things like you just said that anybody can get. You know, you kind of want to be different. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what it is. Um, and, yeah, guys, that's just what it is. With that being said, though, we're going to go ahead and move on to our confession question of the evening. All right, guys. So confession question of the evening. How do you feel about family moving in with you? And are there any cases where family cannot move in with you whatsoever? Jeanne, what are your thoughts? Um, I definitely am for family moving in with you. Like, I like it's a down and out for one, or like with me, like how you know I'm the only me and you know my stepmother. Like we're the only people out here. Like you know what I'm saying, North Carolina. And if you know a family member wanted a change of scenery, change of space, and they are looking to move to the Triangle area. I wouldn't mind being like, test it out. You know, stay with me for three months. You know what I'm saying? Get you a job. Stay your money. Then move out. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that is totally fine with me. I, I just think that you just have to realize, as long as you realize that you are at a somebody you are in somebody else's house, you know what I'm saying, when you get a job, you know what I'm saying, throw me a couple hundred dollars, you know, 
every so often. Thank you for letting me live here. Here's 200 bucks. You know, here's 300 bucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got to sit here and obligated to split bills and everything, but, you know, right. I don't want to feel like you're using me. You know what I'm saying? And it definitely shouldn't be, like, a long period of time. You know, I wouldn't be okay with somebody moving in and being staying with me for two years and they're in the same predicament. Like, it has to be, clearly you have to be focused on your shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm looking to be like, once I move out here, I'm going to save my money. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, I'm going to stay with you six months. I'm going to say it'd be a down payment on a house. You know, I ain't got no bills. Let me live here. And then that be it. But it's clearly, you know, what I what I won't allow is this. you are just not trying to progress. You know what I'm saying? You ain't trying to mm-hmm. work. You're not saving. you going out. You know what I'm saying? Every five minutes, you're wasting money. you barely, you know, doing whatever, anything positive. Then, no, you can't. You can't move in with me. But yeah, I, I'm definitely for family because you. Got, I mean, you got to help family. Like y'all, I, I feel like that. That is what black people like. We are so bad with that. Like we, I feel like we don't want to help each other. Like we don't want to. We don't want to let a relative stay with us. We we want to put our kids out at 18. You know what I'm saying? And then they end up struggling. Like no, I want my kids staying live with me. They finish the grad school, 25, 26. You know what I'm saying? So when you do move out, it is you're moving out to buy a house. You're not sitting here renting. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Wasting money. Five, ten years, you just spent a hundred thousand. You know what I'm saying? On, on an apartment that you could have put towards a home. No. But that's how mm-hmm. I feel. Well, I agree with some of the things you're saying. And I disagree with some of the things that you're saying in my own personal, very own opinion. Um, how do I feel about family moving in with me? There's not, it's been only one case where I had a cousin ask to move in with me. I was pregnant um, with my very first child, so it was about seven years ago. I just moved into a two-bedroom apartment with um, now my now husband. And um, I think my cousin at the time had two kids and bed bugs. And um, I told her no. I was like, no, you know, you, and she's a few years older than me. Um, and I just, I just told her, like, no, you know, I literally, not, I'm not even going to move into this new place yet. It's a, br- like, brand new built house. And where are you and your kids going to sleep at? Are you all going to, and I literally was 20 years ain't going to uh, go have the kid or have my kid, like, in within that month and a half. So um, I was just like, you know, I'm, you know, pregnant and have this baby, trying to move everything in. Like, where are you and your the two kids and your boyfriend going to live at in this one room over here? Like, meanwhile, you know, you got a mom and even my mom. My mom have a eight-bedroom house. Like, ask my mom, can you move in with her? Don't ask me because I have a little family right here. I'm trying to grow, and I only have a two-bedroom house, you know, and it was small. It's not like it's upstairs, downstairs. So I was just like, no, no, you can't move in with me. Um and so she did move in with my mom, and she was, but she was upset with me, and I'm just like, I don't think you should have been upset knowing I'm about to be a new mom and trying to figure this whole thing out. You know, you have, you trying to, you asking for, you know, between four and five people to come and stay in this two-bedroom apartment when I, it's already two people right here in a, in a newborn coming, and the baby room was already created. Like, it was done, and the, it was all looking good and all of that stuff. Like, so I'm going to have to move the crib out. You know, anyways. That was enough for me. So, um, 
I know in another recent situation, um, she didn't actually move in with me, but I know my little sister had been going through some stuff with her landlord, and so she wanted to move out of that space that she was in. And so she didn't ask me um, to move into my house now, but I kind of felt like she wanted to. Um, but she ended up just moving in with my mom. Now, moving forward in the future, you know, I feel like I really don't like people moving in my house. I just don't like it. I don't know what you're bringing with you. You know what I'm saying? I just don't like that. Now, if you are, if I am your very last resort, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody else has told your ass no. You have nowhere to go. You know, it's just, uh, I would just be very irritated, but I would be like, okay. And once again, you got to be on your shit. Like, because I'm, I'm, I'm an asshole. I'm going every day. What jobs have you filled out? Like, I'm annoying that way. Okay, have you had interviews today? Okay, did you take the bus to get to your interviews? Because, you know, I, I need you to do something so you can get the spot because I'm looking out for you too, you know what I'm saying? And you wasting my time playing games, being ugly, all of my face, eating up all the goddamn food, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I'm uh-huh. ugly in that way. Um, But, you know, like that's the only that's the only thing I would say. Now, as far as like my kids and shit like that goes, my mom was the type of mom who did not want us to move out. I moved out of my mom's house at 19, and I did not go back home. And that was, you know, about 10 years ago. I have not been back home to live with my mom um, since, since then. And I don't plan on ever moving back in with my mom because she's crazy, okay? And I have, you know, a whole big old family of five here, you know. So, um, But as far as my kids, when they get older, like, I'm not going to be like, yeah, you got to get the fuck out of my house, you know what I'm saying? But I am going to be like, Okay, what's going on with college? You know what I'm saying? Like, what what are your what are your steps for the future? I'm not gonna be like though, like move out because honestly, I feel like when you kick your kids out and they move out and they struggle, like you said, they come back. They eventually end up coming back home. You know what I'm saying? The last thing I want is for my kids to go out in the street, think that they grown, and they have to come back home. You know, because that's really gonna irritate me. I gotta move all this shit out, pay all this money to help your punk ass move, and you come back home, and you're coming back home with this punk ass girl. With this girl, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I wouldn't be happy about that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, only like I said, only cases where a family member could not move in with me is if they're, like, on drugs, you know what I'm saying, or if they're unreliable or if they're thieves, you know what I'm saying, and I just don't trust you. Or, you know, if, yeah, or if there's somebody I haven't known for, like, you know, a long time. You know, you can be family, but you don't really know your family. Like, you haven't seen them in, like, four or five years, and you don't know who the hell they become. And they just call you up, like, hey, cuz, I need a favor. Let me move in. Like, no, I don't even know who the hell you are anymore. Like, I don't. five right. years ago, I was very, very young. I'm not that same person anymore. So, I think those are the only right. cases. Um, and see, and I, and but I, I, was, and I get what you're saying. Go ahead. No, that's it. Go ahead. No, I'm saying, no, I get what you're saying with that. Like, we live in the same city. We we don't talk at all. You know what I'm saying? You just need a place to stay. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm going to be more not okay with that. But if it's just like you said, like, if you want to change the space, you know, you're you looking for better job opportunities, you that just got a degree, yeah. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 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 You got your own, you know what I'm saying? Save your money, you know what I'm saying? And when you move out, you move into your own home. Like, why are you wasting money? And that's another thing. That's another thing. Like, so I know, like, my mom, she's the type of parent, and I don't even mean to put her out there like that, but she's crazy. My mom is the type of parent who, you move back in my mom's house, you got to pay her some money. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. She's not going to be like, okay, let me help you save up, baby. Like, my mom is like, nah, this is about business. 
You know what I'm saying? So she would literally sit up there and be like, all right, you got to pay me 2000 Like, I, I'm just exaggerating. But, you know, me and my husband and my kids, you know, she'd be like, okay, well, because you and you and your husband now, this is what y'all pay for rent. And y'all have to pay me $2,000 a month to stay here. You know, my mom don't care about you having to save up and all of that type of shit. Whereas if my kids ever have to come back home off, off, off some, you know, fucked up shit that has happened to them, there's no way in hell I'll be like, unless, like, I was in a real bad financial situation and I needed a tiny bit of help, you know what I'm saying? But I would try and do my best to not charge my kids that's already in a fucked up predicament. You know what I'm saying? To to pay their mom yeah. for coming back to moving in. And that's another reason why I'm in school now, you know, why I'm trying to finish this program, this MBA program, my husband's in school. So when I, if something like that happens to our kids and they do have to move back in, they don't have to focus on, damn, I got to pay mom all this money. They can just focus on getting their shit together and getting the fuck back out my house. You know what I'm saying? Out my house so I can clean up. So I can clean up behind you know what I'm saying? What they messed up in the first place. No. <laughs> but anyways, guys, that's pretty much it for the evening. Um, with that being said, Jen, is there anything that you'd like to confess your love for? Yeah, I definitely want to confess my love for my mom. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's having an amazing time. And, yeah, just spending a lot of time together. And, you know, it's just so good to see her. She's so funny. We're so much alike. You know, I just look at her. I'm just like, oh, gosh, like. You are so one of a kind. But in a great way, you know. So, yeah, just confess my love, Mom. Yes. That's beautiful. And I'm just going to confess my love for I've confessed my love for this for many times before, but for free time. You know, um, you know, when you have those times alone and you have those times with your spouse, it's just so nice to get out and do something. Don't be that same you know, Debbie Downer that just don't want to do anything and just want to sit in the house and clean up all day long. You know, me getting out there, going out, having a wonderful time with my husband this weekend, um, we, you know, doing videos and making jokes and cracking up and really just laughing again, drinking, having fun. Yeah, we just came back from Vegas, but we were now at home, and we were leaving and come back home and be in the safety of our own spot. You know, it was just really nice to get out there and then come back home, relax, sleep in to however late we wanted to sleep in. You know, I think one day we slept until like 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, like what? I mean, well, in the morning. Like, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I don't sleep in until no damn 11 o'clock. So, um, that, that was just really nice, and I enjoyed myself. And overall, just those people who, you know, are just so busy, work all the time, make some time for your spouse, go out, do something random, have fun, and enjoy each other. I see so many posts on um, the marriage club from spouses and people that are in relationships where, you know, they turn you turn around and they'd be like, oh, my wife just died or my husband died, you know. And it'd be crazy to me because I actually, okay, I'm getting a little off topic, but I seen a post the other day from this man. And he was like, I don't post on here often, but, you know, my wife just died. And so I'm just saying that holds your wife's uh, spouses close to you. And so I went to his page. And, dude, literally less than a month ago was his wife, uh, I mean, it was an anniversary. And he had posted something uh, less than a month ago, and he was just like, happy anniversary. I was so busy, I forgot to say happy, I, I forgot to tell my wife happy anniversary. This the late post. He was like, to us, and he was like, uh, to us, and he was like, forever, uh, forever in a day, or uh, for, oh, for us in eternity, or something like that. And I just started crying. I'm like, dude, he posted this less than a month ago. Talking about his wife forever and eternity, and today she did. 
Like, that's crazy. Less than a month later, she's dead. You know what I'm saying? So um, just those times, you know, you have with your spouses and, you know, just just take some time out and just love your, love each other because it's not easy out here. And somebody can be gone tomorrow. So with that being said, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to our show. Thank you so much for listening to our show this evening. You all can expect to hear from us next Sunday at the same time, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern. And we want to hear from you, so don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe. Tag us in that drama. And send us those confessions at confession, the number 2 us at gmail.com. This is your host, Angel Vandrina. And I'm your host, John Othello. And y'all listening to all of the confessions. Confessions! Good night, ladies. Good night.